Welcome to Back in the Field. My name is Arthi, and today Carl isn't joining us, but I have a special guest. We have My Parade with us today. Hey, My Parade. Changed my username. (laughs) Whatever. People know you as My Parade still, though. I know. I had it for five years. That's That's why. Pretty embarrassing. Um, What (laughs) is your username now? Uh, My username is now Skyborn because I've turned into a disastrous Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. fan. Yeah, how did that happen? Uh, totally like everything else does. I was on Tumblr looking at gifts. I was like, that looks painful. Sign me up. So why wasn't it, why is, why aren't you like Jake's Amy or something? Uh, I, I told you I have like, my next username is probably going to be Six Drink Amy or something like that. Because I reserved it as soon as it was taken like a little brat. Oh my god, I've never reserved a username before, but as soon as I heard that Amy got over a certain level after six drinks, I was like, I need this. But <laughs> the crying I'm gonna die alone and I all. need the crying I'm gonna die alone Amy's username. <laughs> That's really important. Very. It's really important. So um, for the audience, we are in a Whole Foods, hence why there's a lot of background noise. Hashtag deal with it. Please deal with it. I, it's my fault. I chose a tea place before that was shockingly loud, and now we're this just... is actually the better option. Yeah, which is crazy to think about, right? Yeah. Yeah. No. Whole Foods is quiet. I fucking need earphones in right now. You don't need the earphones in right I now. I just got used to it. Carl and I once did a podcast entirely like with the earphones in. We didn't need them. Hmm. We just forgot to take them out after we'd finished like live watching. Yeah. And we just kept them in, and it was like it was one of those things like. Did it change the experience? Not really. It just made me more aware of my inability to speak English. Oh. That's yeah. what this podcast has really just done for me, is reminded me how little I speak English. I just I'm like, a native English speaker, for the record. I'm just terrible at talking. Yeah. I Actually, that's a lie. <laughs> I'm amazing at talking. I just can't pronounce anything right. Well, English is dumb. There's at least four pronunciations for everything, and two out of those four mean one thing, and two out of, and the other two My mean My friends make fun of me else. all the time, though. For the longest time, I would say addict, like as addict, addict. But that's the verb. I know, but like I would say, like he's an addict. Right? No, it's wrong. Apparently, and I would, and I say drawer, like draw. You know, like little things like that. I mean, I'm from Texas, so we have our own like regional the draw. stylings. Like that. Was that supposed to be the Texas Droll? <laughs> yeah, that was supposed to be the Texas Droll. Oh my god. That's incredible. You I North- should be an actress and you, do accents. You Yankee children are so precious. Yes. I can say that. Yankee I, child. Well, I can say that. I grew up in Dallas, so I'm um, firmly not a Yankee child. What does that mean again? Well, so for me, as far as I'm concerned, I don't care what you idiots over here say. Everything from Maine to about Maryland is damn Yankee land. Oh. Technically, Yankee Land is only, like, Maine to Vermont, but fuck that garbage. I am a Connecticut girl. Mm-hmm. So I don't care. You're as Yankee as they come, in my opinion. Probably. Probably. So, yeah, so we're here mostly... This is probably not going to get edited very much, so we should, like, endeavor to be as, like, on point as possible for the next, That's like, 40 fine. minutes. Yeah, we could do this. Is that is that a fan art I as your background? Nice. Oh yeah, I do have fan art as my background. That's so this cute. This is Judith Chamizo. Shout out! Nice. I think she's fantastic. 
and I put a piece of her fan art as my background. A lot of I get a lot of compliments on it. It's pretty cute. I don't tell people that I drew it. No. I want to. Don't. But I don't. Yeah. I give credit. Good. And Stephanie Beatrice actually commissioned something yeah, yeah, yeah. from her, which was really I saw what an opportunity. Yeah. I don't know. I I thought that was real cool. Her style's really cute. I feel like. I feel like um I feel like this I like a little bit more than the one she did for Steph Beats because this one's like a little more loose. Definitely. Well, this one's not a print. Like you can't order it. Yeah. I just copy pasted saved background. Right. Phone grab and the whole thing. Phone grab. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I do feel like we should talk about more interesting. No, topics. I love fan art. <laughs> and okay. Then a purely audio medium talking about oh, a visual right. thing is really I, fun for I audience I truly I'm sure. love fan art no fan art is the best I have a huge amount of respect for fan art I can't draw and I mean I, I think it's a little bit of a step above graphics not that I don't not like that I'm putting you down but um, like manips and well, gift making well I mean I grew up doing graphics and g- gift making and all that and there's totally a difference between sitting down at your computer and creating an icon although I will tell you if you can create like your own individual diverse style in a 100 by 100 box pixel box i give you a lot of credit but i mean there's something about sitting down and actually painting and drawing that i will never be able to do and so i'm super impressed by it i concur i concur i can i can write well but i can't i can't draw like somebody who just like screenshots something and soft lights it i'm like okay <laughs> i did that when i was 13 <laughs> If you are 13, that is totally fine, and I encourage you to look at some tutorials and become better at your craft. That sounded super <laughs> condescending. I'm going to have to cut that somehow. Does that really? It's not your fault. I, I meant that, like, truly, though. I know. It's just a problem because without your facial expression, it just sounds oh, condescending. Oh, my God. I sound like a bitch. <laughs> I didn't say it. You did. I implied oh it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> no, I mean, when I was 13, I wanted encouragement. I genuinely meant that. No, and I totally get that. I, I feel the same way. I think it's just one of those things where it's like, when you're that young, I feel like everything feels like an attack, even when it's not. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's true. It's a problem. Do you remember, like, the, like, when you were, like... I don't know. I I was probably still around 13, so we're, now I'm, like, specifically, like, picking on these 13-year-olds. But, like, the... Go bigger, in, go home, the, I guess? In, the increase in the scion. How do you say that? The C, C-Y-A-N. Oh, the, the C-M-Y-K? Yeah. Yeah. And then, no, I mean specifically that one color, like, oh, selective yeah. color. And then in the red, you would do it the opposite side. So then all of a sudden, your picture of, like, Veronica Mars, that's what I would do, would be, like, her eyes would be, like popping out of her head like so blue turquoise like eyes and then her golden like blonde hair would be red actually and i'd be like this is beautiful <laughs> this is the best thing oh I've i ever really seen. understand because i was an i was a serial abuser of the burn layer oh i was a serial abuser oh of the God. burn layer by the time i got older i was relying more on multiply as opposed to straight up burn okay. but like yeah overlay and multiply were my jam I was pretty into selective color, and I would go really hardcore. Like, I would have, like, 12 layers. I thought that's what was supposed to happen. And then as I got a little bit older, I think I was like, let me just, like, tweak this real fast. (laughs) Because my purposes for it became different. My problem is that too many things ended up green-tinged. But I was mostly working with West Wing caps. Oh, my gosh. So, like, a lot of those ended up with a... A lot of those ended up with a weird green tinge because of the, like, lighting and the under effects and everything. Yes. It was also, like, 
2000 and, like, television circa 2002, HD was barely in, like, existence. I know. I think about me working with Charmed Caps. Oh, my God. I know. I can't even imagine. I don't understand how all those people made Buffy screen caps and, like, were not shitty. I mean, that's where the talent came in. That's what I'm talking about. Was, like, Some people were really quality. able yeah. to do amazing quality work. I hope those people are, like, graphic designers now. You know what? Like, the sad thing is so many of them, I feel like, really stuck to their little... You know, corner they didn't of the see it internet, as and I was skill. like, "Please do something." But you know what? I think we talked about this another time. We, when we were when we were that young, we didn't know we could do make these things that we were doing that came so naturally to us, or that we taught ourselves because we genuinely loved it. Could actually be a job, yeah. or could be work. Like we had no idea. You're right. I I tell I have a friend who's like twenty something now, mm-hmm. and she like she's due to a number of circumstances. St- circumstances in her life like she's pretty much like at home all the time and she makes these beautiful like manips of like teen wolf characters and i just i i'm always telling her it's like you know you could you could start an at home like from your apartment or whatever like you could be a digital designer you don't need to be be anywhere to make that happen you'd be surprised how much money people will hand out over the internet oh yeah freelance work is super super easy as long as you look legit set up a paypal or something incorporate yourself it costs like 40 bucks i know you can do it and like all those manips that she makes of like and also somebody would probably donate the 40 dollars to you to get started like i mean yeah 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 I've just because people have done that for her with. I'm going to use Smallville as a stand-in. Oh my here. god, my favorite show! But I'm going to use Smallville as a stand-in here because that's not the show she works with because mm-hmm. Smallville's been over for like five years. Yeah. But I'm going to use it as the stand-in show because I don't want to name the actual show. Yeah. But she she does manips of Smallville and like Gossip Girl, and mm-hmm. it's like not neither of these is the real show, and like they're really gorgeous. Yeah. Like I can hardly see any of the like it's fragmenting. Hard to do some of that. Yeah, the feathering is perfect, and I'm like, you know, if you you know tried you could probably I like hate to be that bitch but it's like I'm at this point like with her I don't feel as bad because she's my age you know if there were like some teenager I'd be like you know you can actually make a real career out of this and they would probably be like what but I think I think they're starting to learn more that they can do that but I think well as I didn't know yeah no especially like well Tumblr in a weird way Tumblr has actually facilitated that Tumblr's original purpose was for designers and artists Mm -hmm. and that's why gift makers and manipulators Manip artists, I guess, is what we're going to call them. Yeah. Like, why they why they flourished on Tumblr. It's why Tumblr is really shitty if you're like me and, like, are into text, like, long text, mm-hmm. you know, multi-thread comment discussions. Yeah. And I agree, because that's why I miss about LiveJournal and other websites, because I like conversation. Yeah. And it's not enough for me to just kind of, like reblog something and write a little comment on I want the or back like commenting and forth. in the tags I find that really frustrating like I, I comment in the tags to go along with like the convention the convention and yeah. culture of it but I want to respond to people's tags you have to copy I them really and you have to credit them it's like people. six different levels before you can even start responding to tags it's the and then worst. it also means like an increase of time you have to spend on the website to do that yeah and if you know what I went through a period of unemployment, and, you know, I had the time for that, and, yeah, it was fun. It was not my life, but it was fun. Yeah. But, you know, when you're working full-time and trying to engage with people on the internet, it's a lot easier on a social platform that we currently don't have right now, or we do have, but... Well, LiveJournal let you be time delay and not have any penalty. Yeah. Like, you could be massively popular and on time delay, and it was yeah. fine. Did you have a paid account? 
I had a permanent account. You had a permanent account? I had yeah. a paid account. I, I had a permanent I, we account. We needed those icons. Those 100 icons. That was so Made important to me. It was so clutch. You need to be able to reflect every aspect of yourself. I mean... I never fail, filled them. I, to this day, I only have like 70 icons. Oh, yeah, because you can look back because your account's permanent. Yeah. I just would buy mine yearly. And every once in a while, like, I think I would put mine to like a basic account if I didn't want to pay that month. Maybe I did it monthly. And I would just have to try to stick to those six icons. And I felt like, like, what am I going to do? It was a true test. It was. <laughs> I mean, I had So I had, after I graduated from high school, I got a bunch of money. And, mm-hmm. I, and I finally got my first credit card. And I was like, and then LiveJournal was like, And then LiveJournal was like, uh, we're going to have a permanent account sale. And I just was like, this is this is serendipity. This, this is this is the universe telling me to fucking fate. go for it. Yeah. Fate. Now, of course, I'm trying to shut down my old LJ and, like, delete yeah. all the content that doesn't. Like, what I'm going to do is delete all the personal content, like, open it back up mm-hmm. and make it, like, search crawlable. Oh, that's good. Yeah, well, I want... Like, you know, I have all this fan fiction from my teen years that I know, like, yeah. some people go back and reread. Like, occasionally I see it on Dreamwith or not Dreamwith. Like, all those, like, crazy bookmarking websites that people mm-hmm. have. Like, you can store your bookmarks in the cloud. Like, I yeah. find some of that. And I'm like, oh, people really loved my fic. So it's like, all right, cool. I'll just, like, put it out there. I use my old live journal strictly to go back and, like, reminisce about how I was when I was, like, 15 and 16. I basically used mine to whine. I used mine to whine and post graphics, and so it's really entertaining. I've also played like the Tumblr, what's known on the Tumblr, like the live journal drinking game. You drink every time you cringe, which for me was a whole lot. Mine would just be like star posts, like school was so hard today. <laughs> and, I, and then I like, and when I look back at it, I'm like, why were you complaining? <laughs> I'd be like, I didn't want to run a mile at gym. <laughs> like. Oh, God. And then eventually it strict drifted off strictly into, like, Smallville's ruining my life, guys. I don't know what to do. And Jim and Pam were ruining my life. Jim and Pam were ruining your life at that point. Probably, yeah. So so let's... Let's, let's move on. Yeah, let's start... We have to stop being grumpy old ladies about live channels. So, like, what we're going to... Th- can you tell we miss it? <laughs> I, miss, I miss the sense of camaraderie I had on live channel. I felt like I knew people. You now knew I people. feel like I know of people. I'm still friends with a couple of them on Instagram, and now we're all around the same age and we're older. Yeah. And it's actually really really cool to see where we are. No. Like, they're all in their 20s. I don't think there's anybody under 20. Mm -mm. And most of them are really um, successful, actually. Yeah. One girl I know is a dentist. Yeah, no, we killed it. Another is. The LJ generation killed it. I know. Another, she was at like MIT, and now she's working at Google. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, I mean, really, like spiffy stuff it's weird when you run into those people who cross the like programmer and fandom yeah. boundaries because I feel like in in um, in fandom they don't feel like the same community but they no, are no they don't Tumblr is sometimes really weird about like I'll, I'll see people like posting I work in tech so it's like sometimes really weird for me to see like tech stuff come across my Tumblr yeah. because I so fully distance myself from that community on Tumblr I mean I wonder how old people I mean if you read my bio you would know but I mean well, on Tumblr, I wonder how old people genuinely think I am on Tumblr, and I know people think I'm older, like that I that I'm older than they are. Yeah, yeah. But I, I mean, I wonder if you could guess that by our like amount of usage. Like we oh, go on, question, yeah. but like you know, we're not on all the time. Yeah, I have to sometimes like work out my queue and like make sure my queue isn't like super super 
full all the time. I don't use the queue that much. I use the queue a lot. I have to like sometimes like some some weeks I have it like going fifty posts a day. Some weeks I have it going ten posts a day. I have to just be careful about it. I mean, you know when I'm on Tumblr because I'm like reblogging at that moment. Yeah, I gotta work on that. But I mean, I, it's also not like an essential. I like using the queue because otherwise it ends up being like three of the same posts in a row. Yeah. For a while there, that's what it was. That's what it was. Like now, I now I have more followers and I follow more people. And a lot of those people I were, was following who were all in the same group, like yeah. kind of like came in. They and out. see you more. Your name pops up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So okay. what were you? One one things on your list. Let's talk about your. Let's talk to your list. Well, you were like, I was like, what should I like decide to talk about? You were like, pick out some points, and like basically all my points are about Melissa Fumero because I wanted to talk about. You were like, we could talk about anything, and I was like, we should probably talk about Brooklyn. No, I'm not I meant we could talk. Yes, whatever. yes. So let's talk about Melissa Fumero because I do love her face. Okay, so let's just talk about how I want to say this in the least creepy way I can. But I love this girl. I believe in her. I want her to do incredible things of her acting career. And I just support her so much. And I think other people agree. But I still feel like she's underrated. And I think she's definitely underrated by the larger, like, fan base at large, I think. Yeah. But I think, like... She's so funny. And she's not... attention know what she's doing. I know. But this is one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about this, too, is because critics are starting to pay attention. One of the first ways is that... She just won an award at the National Hispanic Media Convention. I can't believe I, I should have looked up the exact thing. But she was just the at the... NMHC? Yeah. Yeah. But she was just there, and she won an award for, like, Best Actress in a television show, or maybe it was Supporting Actress, but it was... I watched her speech, and she used the word ballers in it. <laughs> I was just like, I love you. She was like, we're all a group of ballers or something like that. And I was just like, you... like With I her just, cute little pixie face? Yeah, but she's just down to earth. Yeah, you she's know? terrific. She's terrific. And she was so grateful. She was talking about how, you know, she came from... Her parents were immigrants and they came to America. And, you know, any parent, when their child tells them they want to be like an artist, you know, kind of questions it. And... She goes, but my parents still fully supported me, even though they didn't have, you know, the money in the background. She goes, they're so happy I'm employed. And she's like, I mean, her whole speech, she thanked, like, uh, Michael Schur and Dan Gore. And who else? She thanked, like, the cast and stuff. But she really spent a lot of time thanking her parents. And that is so wonderful and sweet to me, because that's what I would do. (laughs) But, like, you know, what's better than somebody who appreciates their mom? It's beautiful. And it was just such a cute speech. And she was honest. She said, um, like 25,000 times. I I noticed that. (laughs) (laughs) I took public speaking classes in school. I don't know how much I follow what I learned, but I can hear it when other people say it. So does my aggressive um cutting from the podcast, like, make you, like, have a moment I think when it's very conversational, it's Fine. different to yeah, hear yeah. it. But when you're physically on a stage speaking, you notice the ums. But I mean, it really doesn't matter. And she's terrific. That's this is her first award. She was like, "This is my first time doing this," and I was like, "Girl, this is not going to be oh, your last." I didn't realize that's the know. first thing she's won. I know. I mean, I guess 
because I guess Sharon Gore spoke for the Golden Globe. Yes. Yeah. She just smiled there, was all proud and everything. And she's I freaking out on the inside. I know. She was the definition of internally screaming. She was definitely internally screaming. And this brings me to, like, my campaign. I feel like I'm going to actually start a campaign. It will do nothing, but it will be fine. I want her to get an Emmy not. And I believe this is possible for her in the next couple years. I mean, I mean, Latoya, Carl, and I were talking about yes. how it's a hundred percent possible this year with if she goes in the best supporting actress category, because um, especially now with the Emmys changing the rules, which is a little bit crazy, but yeah. okay. Be honestly, those Emmy rule changes read like a "What has Orange is the Black done? Orange is the new black done that we hate." Like it was literally like a bunch of grumpy old people. What being was that like, though? The Golden Globes or something? There was a speech like, "I mean, I've never agreed with anything more." Orange is the New Black is not a comedy. Put it in a drama category. I'm sorry. I know that was off topic, sort of. But, like, no, that's take what I think. Stances. Every time I hear about that, I'm just like, please. Great show. I enjoy it. But, like, it is it's not just, a comedy. It's just hard, though, because what ends up happening, what ends up that, what the, the, what that ends up meaning is that you have Orange is the New Black and Jane the Virgin up against fucking Game of Thrones and True Detective, and that's totally unrealistic and un- incomparable as well. We need a new category. But I don't want to create a <laughs> dramedy category because yeah. we've been doing dr- dramedies the entirety of the human race. I mean... What it probably should be is naturalism. Naturalism. Okay. Because We, we need something like, else, though, because I get what you're saying there, but... There's, I don't. I really don't see how Orange and the New Black and Brooklyn Nine Nine can even be in the same category. I get when you say like, oh, in comparison to Game of Thrones, what is Orange is the New Black? Yes, but but we're still going extremes, right? Yes. I mean, I also personally thought that like Desperate Housewives shouldn't have been com- compared to The Office. Desperate Housewives, to They're me, closer. was a drama. Yeah. It was a drama. But it was soapy, dramatic. Like, the thing is, both those shows chose to lean into the dramatic aspect of things, not the comedy aspect. I think that's what separates a comedy from a drama, insofar as Emmy voting should go. Yes. I'm really concerned this song is going to be on the podcast. So, I'm glad that... But I do think she, I do think that Melissa Fumero should, I'll just figure it out. I do think Melissa Fumero should, um, she should apply for the Best Supporting Actress Emmy. I think she's a shoo-in. I mean, here we are. Do it, Melissa Fumero. Because I'm sure you're listening to this podcast. I mean, I know there's like, you know, not a big chance or anything, but like, I hope she has a best friend who's just calling her every day, being like, come on, apply for the Emmy. (laughs) I genuinely hope, like, Lin-Manuel Miranda now is like, hey, Melissa, you going to apply for that Emmy today? Are you going to apply for that Emmy today? Are you going to apply for that Emmy today? She should. Yeah. She just should. That's what it comes down to. I was, like, honestly, so speaking of awards, I was genuinely upset that the the Oscar committee would not allow for five people to be credited with the writing of a song. Oh. That's the four is the cap. Because Three Six Mafia has three people in it, plus the fourth guy who was with the movie. So four people wrote that. Yeah. And they all won the Oscar for best song, like, a million years ago. And, um, or it's like 2005, fine. Whatever. Yeah. But then, like, but for Everything is Awesome, right? Oh. The, the Lonely Island guys are three, plus the two from the Lego movie. So what I think happened was the Lego movie people were like, well, 
either one of you can't be credited or like you know and we mm-hmm. chop one of you off and you have to decide and it was like they they were like we'd rather we'd Have, rather yeah. all three of us not get the credit and I you get some of that they've been doing interviews in the run up and there's a certain amount of bitterness there like oh my god, it's really it's actually hilarious I will say I haven't watched those interviews I re I I saw someone reblog that yeah yeah I can't remember if I reblog that or not or if it's just in my drafts it might just be in my drafts yeah but either way like it's actually pretty great cause did you enjoy the performance I did it was so weird and awesome it was. I think that's why people liked it because it was weird and awesome, and I think getting handed a Lego like Oscar would make me really. Oprah really like happy. fucking died. Yeah, Oprah looked like she was about to kill herself. I, like she was so I happy. will say that. Like, I think I'm kind of surprised Tegan and Sarah did that song. Why? I don't know why. I didn't I didn't realize it was them? Like, so when I saw their faces singing. It like clicked for me. Yeah. But before I had no idea who those voices were. The song is technically credited not on the writing on the performance side as Tegan and Sarah featuring The Lonely Island. Even though The Lonely Island helped co-write the song. Yeah. Which is an interesting thing. It was for me it was nice to finally like pinpoint like voice to face. Right? Like oh I mean besides Andy's face voice, (laughs) I just like no. (laughs) You don't know? I can't I'm obviously I do sometimes, but not always. Like, in that, they were really stylized, right? They were doing a specific type of... Yes, yes. ...hip-hop voice. Yes. So... I agree. Yes. I like to think that I know every time he speaks or in a song (laughs) that it's him, I guess. Does that sound bad? No. Okay. We'll let the audience decide. They'll they'll write in saying, that girl would be creepy. Or not, I mean... I'm so not creepy, although I've now talked about how 13 year olds need to do you want to talk about how jake and amy should finally kiss yes let's talk about that because <laughs> that's less creepy i feel I like no graphics tumblr whatever no man i somebody somebody sent us an ask it was romantic styles oh, and she was I like, like her. she's great and she was saying she's like i don't understand why they've been kept apart all season and like i think it's i do think it's a deliberate choice Oh, it's completely deliberate. And I'm not against it. I think that there's, like, a group of people on Tumblr who are all, like, I will jump off a bridge if they don't kiss in the next episode. And then there's people who are, like, I'm totally okay with a slow burn. And I trust them. And I feel like I fall more into that group. But, I mean, I do think they could have given us a little bit more. But not as in giving the Jake and Amy fans more. I think it was just super noticeable how there was, like, this huge cutoff where they were having, like, a really strong lack of scenes. And I don't think it needed to be that distinct. I think it could have been okay without it being that distinct. But that being said, without... I mean, with that being said, there's nothing wrong with what they're doing, and I do trust the writers. I was just... I mean, I was thinking about this the other day. It's like, they actually don't interact much mid-season last year. Like, Thanksgiving, Christmas, a couple of those. They didn't Christmas interact Christmas was lit, but Thanksgiving, they kind of had a good couple of well, they, interactions. They, that's true. Santiago style is from Thanksgiving. At least ones where we were like, oh, my God. Jake forever. <laughs> right. Jake <laughs> forever. This is definitely... I feel like we've gone, like, a long run. Probably almost six episodes. But, I mean, like, that's even, what I'm like, saying, talking. though. It's like, it was, like, just a really distinct cutoff, which is what... I think really. I think for me, it's like after road trip, Ike's and and Jake's breakup. I expected them to just like 
interact more, period. I feel like they were doing it every two episodes type thing. Like, you know, two episodes go by and it kind of focuses more on, you know, the ensemble, maybe another pairing of characters, and then the next episode kind of has a little bit of a Jake and Amy bit to it. And that has not continued, so clearly I'm wrong. But, of course I would love to see them. I'm just as silly and in love with them as everyone else. I think they're fantastic. I truly want them to get married and have children. Just like everyone else. I read the fanfics, I'm like, yes, thank you for this. And the story I commented that on is like, oh, you know which one I just read? The one I went back and I was reading old ones because I need help. And I super loved the one, I always read it, the decaf ginger and green tea. The one by, forget who writes it, I will give you another high five because I read your story so much. And it's just like Amy runs back into Sophia a couple years later. Yes. And they have this weird interaction and she's like, say hi to Jake if you still see him. And then all of a sudden Jake bounds in with their child and she's like, oh, guess you still like stay in contact with Jake. And just those little things, I just go, I go, I'm like, I just like sort of like sit there crying on my screen, you know, just like everyone else, (laughs) except I'm clutching wine. (laughs) You know, that's the only difference. And I feel so lucky to have that and I know that we're gonna have that in the future, which is like, which is what I'm hoping. I think that, like, I think they'll kind of take a Parks and Rec route with this. They'll skip past the like horrible like baby years and go straight to toddler. Oh, I wasn't thinking like that. I just meant like, you know, they have a very functional, like work Adam and Leslie have a very functional work relationship. Do and you mean Ben and Leslie? <laughs> Adam's. <laughs> I always do this. I call the actors' names and their characters' names. I just mix them up. Like I'll be talking about like. No, I would ship Adam Leslie too. I mean, I, I ship everyone Leslie. I ship all, all universes with Leslie. Yes, that's true. I'm secret. I'm unsecretly Leslie. No, unsecretly. Okay. Yeah. No, no. There's no question about it. Anyone who knows me for like five minutes is like, you're probably a Leslie. No. You have like you have like a couple characters from television shows that you like strongly identify with, and like I feel like for me, I'm more of like a. Well, you're not any of these people, so you're probably found one. I don't know. But you're definitely, like, a Leslie Nope, and you have some, like, Amy Santiago qualities, too. My friend Danelle is always like, you're such an Amy. She'll do something on the show that either I've done or I've, like, done yeah. something similar to. He will immediately text or tweet me being like, haha, Amy. Yeah. And I'm like, like, what? I mean, I'm complimented, but I'm also like, dude... I mean, I think it's a compliment. I love that bitch. No, I love her so much also. But it's like he only does that when when she's done something, like, embarrassing. You told me that I was mostly, like, a Gina. (laughs) No question. I love Gina. I mean, people can take that the wrong way. I love Gina to death, too. But she's, you know, like, this frolicking, like, you know... She's full of Capris. Crazy girl. And I mean, am I most like that? Yes. But... But I think... I think I have a little depth. But that's the thing, dab. like... Oh, Gina has I told... I think I had told you that you reminded me of Gina after we had seen more of Gina's heart. Oh, yeah. So I was yeah. like... I wasn't going to straight up be like, yo, you Gina bitch. You like, Gina bitch. No, but like, <laughs> I, we, it was after, like, we'd seen evidence of her friendship. Because we didn't meet up until after this first season had closed. No, we didn't. And so we'd seen, like, Gina's interactions with Jake and, like, how they went way back. And, like, we saw, like, her We saw being, Gina like, Boyle. We saw that happen. We have a lot of feelings about it. I, feel I have like. so much feelings about Gina Boyle. I it's just Carl and mine's like secondary ship. 
it just we need I mean, to happen. I want to talk about that for a little bit, but I, I also like I feel like we didn't finish talking about Jake and Amy. Right? Like, no, I love finished. them. But um, I can't to, wait to, to the next... talk about talk about like Gina Boyle real quick. Oh, there's no quick way to do it. No, let's just talk about Jake and Amy for okay. a minute. So, have you seen the spoiler picks and everything? For oh the my god, yes, episodes? they're beautiful. I fucking love the like agent movie, secret oh, agent yes. movie thing going on. I was like, thank you for this. <laughs> like, who do I thank? Who do I specifically thank? We posted back in the field. We posted back uh, behind the scenes picks from that episode too. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, I, I think I remember seeing those. And uh, they there's there's a couple scenes where you can see like Melissa Fumero in the background because she's wearing this like bright pink dress. Yeah. So it's like she's out of focus, but she's there. So we know Jake and you make it to the wedding eventually or they get pulled away from the wedding something yeah but like I'm, I'm really excited to see that episode I was I mean Carl and I were just talking about this last time is that like this is going to be a rare moment where Jake is not only in the B plot but like he and Amy are in the B plot and that seems to be the only B plot do we do we know if it's going to be the B plot it's definitely the B plot the episode title is the Boyle and Nettie wedding there's no way they would do that <laughs> I get that, but I feel like Jake will still kind of... I feel like he goes in between the A and B. He can. Yeah. His character is the most... His and Holtz are the most likely to do that. Yeah. They're, I mean, please... I mean, it sounds like such a weird thing to request, but I'm like, yes, please give me Jake Amy in a B plot. <laughs> Which is weird, but it's true, because I what know. it means is like it entirely focuses on their personal relationship rather than like the case that they're inevitably solving. And it's probably most of the episode from what I'm seeing and reading well, is not going to take place in the precinct. Well, so. gi- yeah, there's that. And also just given that like there's um, only there's only like one screen cap of their part of the plot, it yeah. makes me think that it's just not it's it's so good that they didn't want any of it to leak. Yeah. You know? Like think about like the bet. The only screen grab of the bet that we saw with Jake and Amy was them posing in the bar. It was that one posing in the bar. Well, this one actually has two. It has the one picture where they're shooting guns standing next to each other and the one where they're running. From a car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which one did you like better? I liked the running one. I liked the manips of the running one. (laughs) The manips of the running one. Where they cut the car and just put them together. Oh, yeah. I was like, I'm into it. I'm into it. It looked like a And then there was the next set from, what's the episode's title? Is it the Captain? Captain Peralta? I think it's that one, yeah. With Jake's dad? Yes. And those Brad are the Whitford ones... looks so good. Oh, my I God. I mean, that was the best casting. I really like it. I agree. My my personal, like, choice for Jake's dad was actually, um, not Harold Ramis, but, uh, what's his name? I always do this. Um, he was the dad in Home Alone. Or, not Home Alone. He was the dad in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Oh, Robert Zemeckis, right? No, that was the director. It's, no, but uh, I know his face, but I can't think of his name. Should I know, I, look it up I my know. Phone really fast? Yeah, do it. It's because uh, I'm going to kick myself when you say his name because I know his I know. name. He's a uh, dad from Home Alone. No, 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 no. dad from Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Um, he's like a famous actor. He like stopped acting to take care of his children. That's so nice. So he's like he's like a true hero. Like okay, yeah, him. Gosh, why can I not find... I, I can't believe... I, I would not have chose him. I definitely did. Okay, we're now we're on I'm eating. Glorious. Rick Moranis. Rick Moranis. I definitely would have picked him. You would have? Mm-hmm. I kind of like who they chose, but I can see but why I, you... I can completely see why that. You. I wanted Rick Moranis, and I wanted Emma Thompson to be his mom. 
I still want Emma Thompson to be his mom. It's a very specific request. Yes. Carl Carl was like, if Emma Thompson was his mom, Jake wouldn't have problems doing an English accent. And my argument is always this. Jake has problems doing an English accent because every time he tried to mimic his mother's, his mother was like, stop that. What region are you from? I don't know. Don't stop it. You're being too American right now. Oh my gosh. (laughs) So he would just be like, eh. I would be so, I would feel so blessed. <laughs> Listen, I really want Emma Thompson to be. Uh, I just his love mom. her, though. She's terrific. She's terrific. She's so. She's, a, she's just another one of those. I, I feel she's like I have a good funny. intuition when it comes to celebrities, <laughs> as one can. And she seems like a good person. And anybody who seems like a good person, I'm like, sign them up for everything great. Just well, most people give it who to come them. through the comedy route to acting, yeah. I feel like, are just better people. Naturally. I said most, because some of them are truly terrible people. Yeah. But not all of them are, you know? Yes, 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 yes. I mean, yeah. But I mean, let's, do you think, I'm hoping we do get a scene, even if it's tiny, between the dad, Jig's dad, and Amy. Although, I know, we should definitely get one between Gina and Jake Jake's and Jake's dad. I feel like that would be. It is actually kind of because wouldn't I mean I don't I can't remember specifically when he left, but him and Jake, Gina and Jake were childhood friends, so I'm assuming that Gina might have met him. I think I did the math once because I'm a crazy person. That's and fine. The math works <laughs> out to his dad leaving them when he was ten or twelve. Okay, so then makes total sense. Makes total sense. Probably closer to 10. Like, I can just see Gina kind of being like, you know, hi, Mr. Peralta. That was a long vacation you took there. <laughs> Something like that. I mean. I just, I, I, I just want them to, like, I've said this on Twitter before, but, like, I want them to treat Jake's dad with the right amount of suspicion and, like, caution. Yeah. I think Boyle is there. I think Jake is, with his big heart, is, like, too ready mm-hmm. to forgive all these, like, past sins. I hope I hope they treat it with caution. I hope they're not just like Jake's dad's back. I mean, I don't think they would do that. I just think but... about on NCIS, which I realize makes me like a mom, like puts me in the old lady category. But, like, I watched I that to... with my parents. <laughs> yeah, as yeah. one does. And I used to watch NCIS, and uh, when Tony's dad came, and this is like after seasons of Tony dropping hints yes. that his dad is not a cool dude. Everyone was like, oh, Tony, your dad's so great. Why don't you like him? It's like, because he kind of kicked him out when he was 15. I don't think they'll do that. I hope not. But I'm I just would hate like... for everyone to think he's this cool guy when one constant thing about, one constant trait from Jake's personality has always been his kind of, you know, his daddy problems, which was also really unique because how many guys are given that trait on television, you know, the daddy problems. Oh. I feel like that's a girl thing, you know? Mm, well, I, it, I do. It manifests... Jake is manifesting it more like women do, but like that's what it is. Then. Women characters, but like daddy problems for a white male character is not new. Yeah, Tony Denoso had daddy problems. Taking this right back to NCIS. I mean, but I almost feel like I mean now that, I'm I just now I just need to like you know put my foot in my mouth, but like sometimes I just there's a, like, like in my mind there's a difference between you know like a deadbeat dad father issues on television and like daddy issues. Like, I think the girls are the ones who are given, like, oh, wow, he has, she has daddy issues. Like, I guess it's the phrasing of it that I'm kind of getting across. Yeah, I Just mean. cut it out. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is going up uncensored. I'm not cutting anything. I don't. But oh, well. I think father issues and daddy issues and deadbeat dad are all different things, I guess. Well, I think. On television. I agree. I think, um, I think. 
I want to withhold judgment until A, I see the episode, and B, until we see Jake's fucking mom, which I feel like we deserve to see way before we saw his dad. How I never thought we would see Boyle's family before we saw any of Jake or Amy's. Or... Amy has seven fucking brothers and two parents, and we've met zero of them. I have, like, so many. We've met Rosa's sister. We've met Rosa's sister. Yeah. We've met Rosa's sister. I know that was real quick, but, like, we, we did. We met her sister and her niece. That Ice was cream crazy. Break. Yeah. We didn't even get... Oh, my God. I'm, like, having a moment. Like, what the we hell? This is not nephew. fair. Yeah. Okay, all I want to... This is in the future. I want Jake and Amy to, like, go on vacation with, like, Amy's brothers and them to be like, you brought the old ball and chain with you to Jake. <laughs> They're so mad that Amy's there. <laughs> and that, like... They just like are like, oh my god, Amy, you're so boring, and they just love Jake. I like, I really. No, I want the opposite. You do know? I see them I, really loving Jake. I actually want the opposite. I want something. I want because I feel like that's the, the obvious route almost. Is it? I want. I want Amy to be like this really fun version of herself with her family in a way that's like loose and unencumbered by her own like neuroses. Mm-hmm. Because these are people that like she was literally raised around. So she turns into like sort of maybe her like younger, maybe like tomboyish self. You know, and it's I can see that, like, like really well, relaxed th- and fun version of herself. Like, so remember Amy and the Bet on the rooftop? Because I, I do agree with you. Because I'm saying I've always liked to point out that scene because I think that one thing that Amy's character is not going to be enough, uh, given enough credit for. Wow, thanks, Jamba Juice Machine. <laughs> like seriously, um, one thing that I really feel strongly about that I think it's starting to pick up more thanks to the writers giving her this is that Amy's funny and not just funny because she's type a and you know this rule following like she's actually funny like that's why i bring up the bet in that moment she's on the talking about what like jake's like what would you have actually done with my car and she's like i would drive it and she goes like and how are we talking about like, that is one of my favorite moments she's on great. the entire show yeah i mean stand out well, and Carl and I were talking about, like, how we're pretty sure she was faking him out. I bet she can drive stick, because nobody knows that noise unless you've learned to drive stick. I mean... I didn't know that noise until I learned how to drive stick. Amy has so many layers that we have not seen. I'm so excited. She's a goddamn, Give them to me. She's Give a them to me. Shrek onion. I know. <laughs> I just want... I, like... I'm, like, one of those, like, terrible people who, like, if a show ever goes in kind of a negative direction, I'm, like, spin off spin-off just Amy spin-off but like not in this situation can, yeah. but I mean that is like the person I become so you know I really Who's don't your feel small the spin-off Lana oh my god I no Lana I got over real fast <laughs> this is the thing I I this is and I still stand by this p- opinion to this day I mean what is it like nine years later <laughs> so crazy. I and I really feel strongly about this why did they tease me? I know because I knew the history. I knew that Clark, you know, ends up with Lois. I don't think they should have chosen two actors who had that much great chemistry and like pushed them for five years and then had her hook up with like his friend and have a baby in a dream or something. That was so messed up. Like Lana and Lex ever getting together ruins my life. Ruins my life. I remember like that's like true to comics though. I know, but that's the thing. I knew that these things were going to happen because... No, but the way they got there was a little weird. Well, no. More than a little weird. They showed us how these two are, like, 
I just don't think they teased us with the amount of chemistry. Like, I really thought Tom Welling and Chris and Crew, who play Lana and Clark, had really great chemistry. They gave us to them for five seasons. They took them away. They gave them away. And I know that's how television works. But I just I felt it was a little bit more harsh this time. Like, it was just harsh. And so, but you know, by the end of it, I just I really loved Chloe. And then they took Chloe off. So then I just really loved Lois. And I always loved Erica Durrance. I really did. But when she was still brought onto the show, I was still in love with Clark and Lana, like a dope. And I don't know. I was, I just didn't, I saw them having that brother-sister relationship. And by the end of it, I think they had actually made it work. But I totally never thought I would actually see Erica Durrance and Tom Welling in a romantic way together. I never thought I would see it. I, and I do see it, kind of. But I, I don't think they have the same chemistry as Kristen Kruk and Tom Welling did. But then again... Um, now I'm just carrying on but by the end of season before Lana left when they had scenes together I felt nothing I felt nothing she was phoning it in hardcore though yeah so yeah Uh, a lot of feelings about Smallville darkest stage of my life (laughs) the darkest timeline version of yourself no darkest television time yeah so so going back um, yeah that see that just makes me think like I'm actually okay with it's not even like the slow burn. I am okay with them letting Jake and Amy develop independently of another one another until they're sort of at a place where they like they have the that heart of like respect and affection for one another. Completely. But it's the rest of it that has to piece together right, you know? And I agree with that and I think they need, you know, scenes to develop as individuals, especially Jake. He has a lot of growing still left to do. I mean, some of that should be done with Leslie, or Leslie, with Amy. But I also, it just reminds me of, like, Parks and Rec, like, one of the things I really loved about the Ben-Leslie relationship is that they come to each other whole, and they become, like, more whole with one another. If anything, I think Ben is the less whole one. Yeah, he's got a lot more hang-ups in his life. Yeah. But he's still, like, right there. Yeah. You know, like, he, 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 he still is, like, a complete person. You know, he's not, la- like, he has a job and he has, like, ambitions, Yes. You know, those, those, the nature of those ambitions changes when he meets her. Mm-hmm. It's actually kind of nice because, like, Parks and Rec is ending tomorrow night. Which is, like, <laughs> really, really upsetting for me. It's upsetting for a lot of people. And I didn't think I would be as upset about it as I, I mean, am not until that I'm I realized saying that it. it's more upset for me than anybody else. I feel like we're all going through this time together. We should all just meet up and cry. Yeah, let's hold hands but and like, see like, I again, I think it's because I didn't think I would be that upset either. Yeah, like I knew I would be upset, but I was. Um, I watched that one specific video of Chris Pratt and Aubrey Plaza talking about it, and Aubrey's like visibly like breaking down, breaking yeah. down, and Chris Pratt is kind of saying like the stronger character in that, and I was just like, this is the worst actually their characters Chris Pratt and, and what do you Plaza. I mean you, you've been watching right do you do you think that this last season is a little bit of fan service yeah but it's more like pulling out all the stops and doing the things they've been wanting to do for a while but like yeah. couldn't because they I were mean, never sure giving a whole episode that. where you're actually watching Andy's show which is fantastic I'm into it I it was the pride love of- that Jerry Larry Gary you know what, who's what's his name now Gary he's Gary. back to his he's real back name. to Gary is his real name a mayor for like you know a day or something two months two months yeah. that's beautiful he'll and probably end up mayor for life I can't believe they brought back um, Tom's girlfriend what's her name Lisa? like I'm really Natalie Morales with... Lucy Lucy I love that I loved that pairing she's Debbie 
she was Wendy. She was uh, she was Debbie from the from the uh, from the Middleman. I don't know this reference. I loved the Middleman. It was this weird, quirky show on ABC Family. The Middleman. Mm-hmm. I don't know that one. I feel really disappointed in myself. No, don't. It's a weird, quirky, tiny show. You may not have heard of it. It's totally fine. But it was oh, well. a cult favorite I'll for a Google long time. Google it later. Google it. But so, but like going back, like you know, Ben and Leslie come to each other whole, and they they work to support and like build up one another. I feel like I feel like Ben takes on what would normally be the more feminine role. Like he takes a larger step back in his own life and like changes his career path for her. Definitely multiple times, and I think that's admirable. You don't see that on TV much. It's very admirable. But and like, they always um, are really great about prioritizing that in the show and showing. Ben's commitment to their marriage, which and, is wonderful, and her career, and her career. But I she love, loves her career. But I love that they are always like willing to talk through it, right? Like Leslie's like, you know, I'm okay with like, you know, taking the back seat this time. He's like, nah, go for it. I'm yeah. already here. And I think about like, I think about future Jake and Amy, and Amy being like, so captaincy, and he's like, fuck yeah, baby, go I for could, it. I'll hold I your would flower. Love that he would be like, my girl's a captain. And, like, I can't wait for when they're actually dating because I really, truly see him being, like, have you guys met my girlfriend, Amy? <laughs> and then when, like, they're engaged, being, like, have you met my fiancé? <laughs> like, I see him really throwing it out there. Like, like I really see him being borderline obsessed with her. Not that he isn't already, but, like... <laughs> yeah, now you're treading into what I think is, like, creepy territory. <sighs> like, I no. wouldn't want a boyfriend that obsessed with me. Well, no. Not I wouldn't like that, that you know, proud like, and, like, like, loud about it. Enthusiastic, then. Yeah, the way, like, Andy or Tom is about their respective... Yeah. Like, ben is proud, but, like, quite proud, you know? Yeah. I don't know, but I see him being, like... Have you met Damien? <laughs> yeah, I see them being like that. And I see them being really secure in the future, and I don't know how long it's going to take them to get there. But, I'm willing to you wait know, it out, though. I'm, I'm here for the ride. Yeah. I'm totally here for the ride. Yeah. But, you know... Again, to be so cliche, I believe in the writers. And, well, I love this writing, and team. I do. So cool. I do think they should probably give us a little bit more of them growing together. But how can I make that judgment when we're only on season two, and there's only been like six episodes where that's sort of started to become the case? Because who knows? In like say season three, maybe they will be you know growing together on a more you frequent basis. You and me. No, Jake and Amy. Oh, God. <laughs> Did I not? I made that specific. I, okay. I was clear. I, okay. Maybe I'm just bad at English. So speaking of, what else is on your list? Now that this is so long. Uh, let's see. We can talk about Gina Boyle, too. Don't worry. Talk Gina Boyle. I put that on it because I'm boring. But I, I, we can talk about Brad City. Let's talk about Boyle Gina and then talk about Brad. We'll finish out with Brad City. Okay. So Boyle Gina. I can say I'm truly stumped for where they would go at this point because I want them to hook up again. I just want them to be hooking up I mean up again. I would love for them to hook up again and I think I could see that happening but as a actual like end game relationship I don't know if I can see that anymore because of their parents getting married. Eh, I don't know. I think if Dan and Serena can make it work these two idiots can Gossip make it work. Girl was... <laughs> Gossip Girl was. It was... <laughs> I have questionable TV choices sometimes. And Gossip Girl is one of them. Don't we all? I said Smallville. Yeah. Smallville. <laughs> I think I... You were there like I'm through not the middle period too. throw out my... I mean, you could look it up if you Ubra. wanted to. My age. But 
I was really upset when Wizards of Waverly Place was taken off Netflix. Like, I mean, I was, like, screaming. <laughs> Were I you an Alex Haley shipper? I was, uh... I was an Alex and, like, her brother shipper. Was that, yeah, was that the company... Was that the... What was the names, yeah? Alex and, um... Why am I blanking? I love these people. Uh, I know Alex was the girl. Alex was Selena Gomez's character, and David Henry played her older brother. And his name, I am... Like, I'm trying to, like... Max was the littlest brother, and the oldest brother was... Justin. Justin. Alex and Alex Justin. And Justin. Which of them eventually got to keep their powers? Because it was only one of them. Alex. Ah. It would make sense, but, like, still And... Well, they fight for it. Right. And people... I mean, not that this show is a really serious thing, but, you know, Justin was supposed to have earned it more, which I understand, but I think I'm, like, almost 95% sure that Alex is the one who keeps her powers, and Justin goes on to be, like, a teacher, so maybe he's given powers to teach or something? I don't know, but basically I really enjoyed watching it. After I drank for a couple hours on Netflix, and I would have a ball. No judgment. I would have a ball. I watched. I watched. I've watched so much. I know. My favorite thing is talking with somebody about like what television shows you have watched, and then being like, "Yeah, I've seen that. I've seen that." And like when I say I've seen that, I mean I've heavily invested in it, <laughs> and I've seen at least two or more seasons. Yeah. It's rare for me to not have a heard of a TV show, which I think is why I was so disappointed. I was like, I've never heard of The Middleman. It lasted like 12 episodes, and it was like on ABC Family. I'm, I'm sure it was a secret jam. It, it really was. It was such a charming little show. Yeah. Nellie Morales is so good in it, too. Mm-hmm. She's great. She's dubby. She's great. Her, her, she's another one that I think she's great. Like I want her to do more. I want her to do great things. Can you imagine if they brought her on Brooklyn Nine-Nine? I don't think they will, because she's too prominent of a character. I wonder if she was Kylie. I don't see Kylie like that, but that would be great. Well, her character on Trophy Wife, like, now they've had, like, her character on Trophy Wife was basically, like, the worst, like, not the worst version of Kylie, but, like, like... I remember, I watched Trophy, I liked Trophy Wife. I liked her character on Trophy Wife. I would love for that version of her to be Kylie. She could be Kylie. But, like, a nicer, like, you know, more... Like, the supportive girlfriend, yeah. 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 I, I want Kylie. I need it. I need Kylie. Well, my original point was going to be like, what? We've been writing about Kylie for forever. We've been like chatting about her all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, even we, we've both written bits with, that have Kylie in them because we just want to see her so much. I, w- I mean, we just want to see more of Amy's interiority, whether that's her friendships or her family or just like her own like fucking yeah. thought process. Yeah. Like Very that's true. that's part of why I want to see Amy like get the primary on a case is that we get to see her lay out the case in a way that like would make would express like her thought pattern. Right? We see exactly. Jake's thought pattern where he's like, here's the suspect, here's the crime, you know, here's what I'm missing to prove it. I think Amy, is Amy the only one who hasn't been primary in lately, as of late? Yeah, Rosa had the Gilgo Pig arc. Boyle got to be the primary technically on that, like, bank robber case. Yeah. And he's had some other cases where he was primary. Like, he yeah. had Emmy time in season one. Yeah, he did. So. Okay. Yeah. So Boyle and Gina... I think they just, could... They should hook up. They should hook up at their parents' wedding. They should just... Look... In a closet. <laughs> that is the, the Jake Amy closet. fix trope. Why 
deceptive pick trope. I don't believe that. I think Jake and Amy should be the like the make out in the car trope, or like just every. They honestly, if you try hard enough, they can fit every trope because they are just wonderful. I do like the secret sex trope though. Yeah, that's so much fun. It's it so is. much fun to play with, especially as detectives. Oh, in well, a I remember precinct. to throw out. I like. I could do. We could just do fic references this whole time. Oh, one time there was one where Jake and Amy were making out behind like a glass door, and they were like, "Don't they know we can see them?" And I loved that. Like they're trying to hide the relationship from the precinct. There was one where I think like they were were they making out or were they just like close talking? There was a Christmas episode where they were like around the corner from the rest of the precinct and. They were like, we know you're making out. And they are like, we're oh not God. making out. We're, they were just, like, talking. Oh, They were legitimately yeah. just talking. Mm-hmm. I remember that one. And then there was also, I loved one, like, in my own personal head, I see them one day, like, taking a nap together on the break room couch. Very important to me that this happens in my head. <laughs> see, in my head, it just and, looks uh, like Ross and Joey having a nap on Ross's couch together because I'm a bitch. I mean, I'll take what I can get. But honestly, and then like, you know, somebody walking in, maybe like Holt and being like, oh, they're actually good for each other. And then I also really, really want like a joke about like, that would be, that should be Gina. Gina. It should be Gina. And then I really want to joke about work-life balance and like Amy or Jake to be like, well, I take my work home with me. Like make a joke about that. Like I I can kind of see both of them doing it. Yeah. Yeah, I would be Amy, and Jake would be like, yeah, Tyler, your sex tape. And Tyler, would be like, sex tape. not now. Yeah. Um, oh it would, it would... I honestly, okay, I agree with you, break room couch napping is cute, but it needs to be Jake and Boyle first. It is Jake absurd that that hasn't first. happened yet. That they haven't fallen on top, on sleep on top of each other all cute. Hitchcock you can see, You can see that sober? I can see that drunkenly. Hitchcock and Scully Hitchcock and Scully don't count. They probably just do that and we don't see it. They don't have boundaries, yeah. They definitely don't have boundaries. There was I haven't gone back and rewatched season one to see the soap opera about Scully's feet in the oh, background. I watched it. But I know it exists. I watched um the the little videos of them online. Pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. I like uh if you notice in the Captain Peralta episode, uh all of the scenes with Jake and his dad and Boyle have Scully in the background. Oh. He's just inexplicably in the background. He's in that plot line. That's pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. I guess we'll see what that is. What about, did you see the uh, promo pics for um, Sabotage with Chris Parnell back? I don't know. Was Were they out today? They've been out for a couple days now. Um, Chris Parnell is holding Jake hostage in like an ice cream truck. And then Amy and Rosa come save him. Oh yes, that's the one with Jake and like the black tea on the back of the car. It looks like a fire engine. And it's like Amy in one of the pictures standing next like, to him with like a face like yeah, like. At, but she's looking at Chris Parnell's character, and meanwhile, all of us ladies have tickets to Jake's gun show going on there. The gun show. Sun's out, guns out. <laughs> I have no idea which favorite male character is yours from the show. You just don't make it obvious at all. No, not at all. <laughs> yeah, I feel weird about like overly overtly objectifying him that much Jake and Andy Samberg honestly I feel weird about it because like socially it's not considered okay you know like we're allowed to do that silently but not like out loud you know whereas I have no clothes being like Melissa from space Stephanie Beatrice like cool like everything like well you know what we're we're not serious 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 like just sort of serious so it's fine. 
It's totally fine. I mean, what are the chances of either of us meeting any of these people, honestly? If I met them, it would be so chill. I would never even bring that stuff up. I would just be like, thank you for creating comedy and being in my life. Like, like when it comes down to it, bottom line, I'm just so grateful, which sounds really nerdy. No, I but think... I'm so happy this show is out there and that I get to watch it every day. No, and I, I truly mean every day because, you know, <laughs> I rewatch no, I get it. it. I get it. Like, for me, it's like the show came... Like, sometimes a show comes into your life when you need it. I had Go On in my life when I was going through a really bad period. Yeah. And I had, and that was really, like, it was useful. It was a comedy about a grief support group. And, like, it was, like, weirdly, like, timely. Mm -hmm. And it stopped, and that was really upsetting. Mm -hmm. But then, like, with with Brooklyn Nine-Nine, here's the show that's about, like, people who are, like, great at their jobs and, like, truly happy with their lives, for the most part, Mm -hmm. at a time in my life when, like, I was like finally like at a job that I really loved again and was like happy and feeling stable again so it's like it was just like I had the right show at the right time I mean I don't have the same exact connection I don't I have but I mean in a similar way it's kind of a nice show to watch and enjoy while I'm in my 20s well I feel like that's what Broad City is for you Broad City I relate to on a really deep and personal level deep and personal level I I mean I have a really wonderful best friend and I've known her for 18 years, and so sometimes we catch ourselves having moments that seem very Elon and Abby, and we probably already had them before the show, but now that that show's out, we have something to kind of go like, ha ha, that's us, and you know, that's always fun. No. I like being like, that's us. I agree. Mm -hmm. No, I... Alan Sippenwall for Hit Fix, he mm-hmm. described Broad City as like this the show that makes New York look like every doing any small task is like is a dystopian, yes. like yes. you know, epic like how adventure. How real, how real. That is so accurate. It is twenty minutes to anywhere. Like yes. that's step one in New York. Twenty minutes to everywhere. The part where they're on the subway and they have to walk through and there's like that one guy sitting there with um like what's it, like the bag of poop or something. That literally just happened to me the other day. Are, like they're just walking down a street and they're saying stuff, and they're so and they're so supportive. And my favorite thing from the last episode, my favorite part, I always have a favorite part, is um, Abby and Alana. You know, they go outside. They're looking for some real action away from the blue light that is the, their cell phones and computer screens. And they're screaming at these guys who are playing football, like, what a fuck? <laughs> what a fuck? <laughs> Whatever. And um, they, Abby actually screams aloud enough and they like look over and they kick the ball in her direction. And so she like jumps over on her roller skates and she goes, got it. <laughs> and Alana, Alana's like, so cute, cute girl. Like, and I just love that moment where she kind of puts her hand on her hip and she's like, got it like trying to look like this like hot girl like who's gonna kick the ball back to them and uh alana's so supportive of her move like so cute you look great these guys are gonna love you and then she just falls on her face because she's on those rollerblades it is such a wonderful miraculous scene i know and Uh, i know abby can never win and yet i root for her every time because abby's the one character that i think everybody feels like we have a little bit of abby in all of us and alana's a little bit more um aspirational self aspirational a little bit unrelatable but you know sometimes I really have moments where you know you connect with her too it's one of those things where like I think in my life I see myself as the Abby and some of my other friends as Mm -hmm. the Alanas 
but I think in other people's life, I'm there a lot. You are there a lot. Yeah, and it's weird. Mm -hmm. It's weird to think about me being like the like weird, like openly sexual, like hyper interesting friend. I think in a lot of friend situations, they would actually consider me the Alana, but just because I have a little bit more of um, you know, uh, outgoing personality. But you know, on a day to day basis, I feel like an Abby. And just because you're outgoing doesn't mean you spend all your time screaming and jumping around. I spend <laughs> Wait, the majority mean, of my day quiet, sitting in a room. You mean being an extrovert doesn't mean you're just this, like, slobbering party animal? Yes, I do mean that. <laughs> crazy. Isn't that crazy? It's crazy how that I works. Know. I can't have this conversation. I, I will know. literally... We'll be going for another 90 minutes. I know. So. We're so just chatterboxes. I kind of want to end on the, like positive female friendship note. In fact, let's bring it back to Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I love Melissa Vimero and Stephanie Beatriz's friendship. They went to Paris together. And like Gina lady to Paris. Uh, Chelsea Peretti also. <laughs> yes! Yeah, the and three Joe. of them are so... Yeah, yeah, the four of them are so great. That's so wonderful. The ones who were missing were exactly who I thought would be missing. Oh my god, I knew they wouldn't be there. I mean, does Joanna even socialize? I can't answer that question. Like, I literally don't have the answer for that. I just never see her out. Well, I, I know, mean, I know she's you know got the, her I know, bandmates. You know the thing is, though, I like can't imagine her being anything less than the most wonderful person. She sounds like she is because Andy loves her, and I've only like I mean I really haven't read anything bad about her. I just don't you know see her. You know what? Not everybody's on Instagram. Not everybody's on like Twitter. But you know that's how I. Well, As a isn't. fan, you know, that's how you make um, judgments about, like, what people are doing and where they are, and so. Creepy again. <laughs> no, but I appreciate, like, Melissa Fimero, like, being so real. And Stephanie She's Beatrice, so too. She's so real. So is Stephanie Beatrice. I love that Chelsea Pretty like, 100% owns her public persona. She does. But, I mean, I think that's part of her, though. No, I think that her yeah. public persona is definitely a part of her too well she's been a stand-up for a long time like that's mm-hmm. been her like primary mode and i was when i was when i sh- saw her stand up didn't you yeah yeah so yeah, like, yeah. but like what, what i mean is what i'm trying to say is like when i was in chicago and i was at the second city and like doing a class there this like past week um one of the people who i was there with she was saying like your stand-up persona has to be like a heightened version of yourself mm-hmm. and so i think she's crafted this like heightened version of herself and that's yeah. like the all caps twitter that's the like stand-up like you know all male ego like mm-hmm. posturing that's like i love it because you I know love- what was really her too you know so she had her friend pass away which is truly sad Paris and Whittles, you know and then she posted a text message sent between her and her friend and somebody was like oh i saw your pictures like i'm really sorry for your loss and she messaged him back with haha i'm just doing it for the attention <laughs> i was like oh my god like I couldn't believe it but it was like it was funny it was funny but you know you have to have a dark sense of humor. I like I thought it was really well, it's funny it's also one of those things where it's like it's probably somebody that worked on the parks set or oh like, it was, it was like, they yeah. were all writers on parks together yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so it's like alright then, then they all know their shtick right yeah. so it's like it's like you won't, you don't send that to your mom you send that no. to somebody who knows yes 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 yeah and God, it's so weird because he the episode of Parks. I was a little behind, so like the one of the more episodes, uh, more recent episodes of Parks, it features Harris and the animal control guy. Yeah, and I was like, oh no, this is weird. This is super weird. Yeah, is he? He's not the same guy who plays. Um, no, he's not the same guy who plays uh, the drug dealer who loves selling drugs. 
from the end of season one and charges inspect no no i no. hope that guy comes back by the no, way no he was great that's the one extra i really want back and and royal baby sister steve royal baby sister steve yeah i couldn't believe they did that what a what a wonderful scene royal babies dancing oh yes thank you <laughs> thank you <laughs> this is a single cam sitcom too so they have to do that four times I know like you think about how many angles were in that and that's how many times they had to shoot that beautiful yeah but no I love I love Melissa Romero and Stephanie Beatrice and Chelsea Peretti's friendships I think it's so nice to see like They're I love really them supportive of each together. other yeah they you know, not only do they like to hang out by themselves, but they encourage them to, like, you know, bring their SOs with them and along, and that's wonderful. Well, I'm pretty sure Steph Beats is who connect is the person who connected Melissa Fumero with Lin-Manuel Miranda. Like, I'm pretty sure Stephanie Beatrice was acquainted with Lin-Manuel Miranda and was, like, Melissa Fumero. He wrote In the Heights and Hamilton, that place she was just here to see. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so he's, like, he's kind of a big deal. Yeah. Like, to put it mildly. And uh, he's this close to an EGOT. He has one more. One more. Mm-hmm. And then he'll have the... He needs the... He's got a Tony, and he's got a Grammy. I can't remember... Anyway, he's he's close. Big deal. Yeah, he's kind of a big... And he's super young, too. Mm-hmm. But he's a Broadway composer and choreographer, and uh, I think choreographer. I'm going to say that with a bit say of, that, like, salt. Kind of yeah. But, like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure Stephanie Beatrice was friends with Lin-Manuel Miranda and intru- when, when Melissa Ferrer went back to New York this time. Like, she had already planned the trip, I guess. She, like, was like, oh, yeah, you guys should hang out and go see Hamilton together. That's so nice. Oh, yeah. Makes total sense, too. They're just, like, I just feel like they're all good people. I remember when they all went to Joe's wedding. I was, like, blown away. That's so cute. So cute. I was just, like... No, that was still fairly new. They weren't, like... They hadn't done the show for that long. I know they had filmed, you know, for a couple months before it came out, but... It made sense for, like, Sandberg to be there, but not necessarily the rest of the cast, but that was nice that they all went. Oh, Yeah. Was wonderful. It was one of those things where, like, it hit home for me because I remember I worked with this one woman for like over a year, mm-hmm. like maybe two years almost. And like when she got married, I didn't get invited. Yeah. Like the horrible coworker we didn't like got invited, and I was like, I'm surprised you invited that person, but okay. Great. People. They know exactly who they are. They don't listen to this podcast. They don't listen to this podcast. And on that cheerful note, and on that cheerful note, <laughs> this has been back in the field. My name is Arthi. My name's Sadie. I actually didn't say it before. <laughs> I, you, I think I called you Say at least once or twice. Oh, Say. You call me Sades. As you wish. Whatever. Cool. <laughs> My parade slash Skyborn. Well, thanks for being on the podcast. I know you've been really you. excited to be on here. I totally wanted to be on here. Yeah. I was annoying. I was like, can I be on it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry Carl couldn't be here, but, you know. I know. I Carl's want to meet Carl. Yeah. He's important. He's he's very important. No, but, like, for real. Carl's, like, no, super Carl's important. important. Yeah, so he couldn't be here. But, you know. He probably would have hated this, so it's fine. One day. One, one day, day. One day I'll be featured again yeah. because I'm so fantastic. <laughs> one day. Uh, oh, gosh. Anyway, uh, thanks. Thank so, you. Yeah, no, no problem. Thank you. I'm glad to have you here. You, I mean, it's an off week anyway, right? And now I don't have to edit because this is pretty much perfect as is, honestly. That's fantastic. I hope people listen to us and are like, hey, maybe we can be like, I hope that they listen and that they talk about Brooklyn Nine-Nine in a similar way. All the 13-year-olds? All the 13-year-olds. Bringing it back. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, this has been Back in the Field. We will be back next week with Carl and me talking about the Boyle Wedding. Bye, everyone.